from the birthplace of radio's greatest era, live from New York, it's Radio Night Live with Kevin McCullough. Wait, who? Kevin McCullough, let me start with you. Huh? The big dog, Kevin McCullough. Who? Kevin McCullough. Uh, no, who? Nationally syndicated radio host and author of No, He Can't. Who? Kevin McCullough? Kevin McCullough is a nationally syndicated radio host and author of No, He Can't. Watch and see of extreme media. Oh. All right, boys and girls, uh, thank you for being with us. Uh, we've got a very big show for you on this Saturday night, uh, and it's been a busy week. <laughs> There's no doubt about it. Uh, I don't know um, if you stayed up late Tuesday to see what the results were. You know, it's very odd to me that we can count millions and millions and millions of ballots in states like Florida and Texas and New York and California. Uh, in uh, relatively few hours, um, and yet Arizona uh, can't count all of their ballots in like a whole week. It's just very strange. Anyway, uh, glad you're here. Uh, Kevin McCullough, very happy to have you with us. I've got a special show tonight. Uh, it's special for a couple of reasons. One, if you are a fan of The Chosen, which has been viewed by more than 4 million viewers uh, on planet Earth, it's, it's crazy how many people have seen this show. Um, but you've you've never had a chance to go behind the scenes. We're going to do that tonight with uh, uh, the director and one of the actors, and I'm looking forward to that. I'm actually going to a, a red carpet event for them this week in uh, Atlanta, and we'll have uh, a, a bit more coverage of it for you in the days to come. But uh, huge, huge uh, beginning of season three is starting. And it, it, check this out. So everybody's been talking about the launch of the next season of Yellowstone, which is the Kevin Costner cowboy drama. Uh, on Roku, I, th I think this is what Dallas Jenkins told me. On Roku, The Chosen is number five on the most searched list of shows, of which Yellowstone, I think, is three. Uh, so it's it's crazy uh, the popularity that this show has, has had and is enjoying. But uh, if you've never seen it, uh, stick around. It, it's it's super well done, and uh, it was all crowdfunded. It was all done by uh, people that just believed in the content and wanted it to wanted wanted it to get made, and uh, they did it. So they they paid for it, and uh, they produced it up, and it's it's going to be an amazing thing. But the other thing that I'm doing tonight is because I'm I'm quite concerned. Um, we have on our list about 73 names of women that are in um, slavery in Northern Sudan that our friends at Christian Solidarity International are working to get out. And we need to supply their freedom. Uh, we started out the year with 192 uh, women that we knew about, and we have tonight uh, about 75 to go for the year. And we, we, we're running out of weeks. We're running out of time to get it done. Um, so I'm very pleased that uh, we've had somebody step up tonight and tell us that however many women we can liberate tonight, uh, they will match that person for person uh, up to a certain amount. Uh, but it's we, we, we've, got, we've got a great opportunity right now to do twice as much with that one-time gift of $250. Now, if you've not heard me explain what the slave, uh, slavery redemption program is, a Christian Solidarity International 
has worked in Sudan and South Sudan for the last dozens of years. And before the Civil War, there were there was already um, slavery being taken. Uh, northern Arabs would come down from northern the northern regions, uh, raid the Christian villages, and take uh, basically women back with them, women and children. Uh, when the Civil War was underway, that intensified. And by the time the global powers helped settle the civil war between the Sudans uh, and create South Sudan, there were more than 100 and I think it was 85,000 women that had been taken into captivity in, in the north. There are about, because of the efforts of Christian Solidarity International and private citizens like you, there are, there are about 35,000 left. But CSI is the only group that's working on this. Um, and every year we liberate a few hundred uh, but when there are a few thousand, uh, it seemed the task seems daunting. So tonight, uh, we've identified 75 additional women that can be liberated this year. Uh, but we need your help to do that. 888-342-1010 is the number. 888-342-1010. You can also go to the website, bringherhome.org. Bringherhome.org is a place where you can just go and give your gift uh, to CSI and make this happen. Now, what does the $250 do? Well, the, the main negotiation ploy to get the slave freed is an exchange of a vaccine for their cattle in exchange for the life of the slave. So your, your gift will pay for that shot of Novidium for a, 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 you know the slave master's cattle. And in exchange, they'll liberate that slave and give that slave their freedom. But but that's a very small portion of the $250. The rest of the $250 goes to supply what's called the Bag of Hope. And it is everything that slave needs when they get back to their village in Sudan after a time of recovery, after a time of counseling, after a time of medical attention, uh, they get to go back to their home. And that Bag of Hope will give them everything they need to live their life. A year's worth of grain, a, another year's worth of seed to grow more grain, uh, a she-goat uh, to have milk and cheese and do a little bit of uh, econ uh, of commerce with, uh, have other goats, etc. Uh, there's all kinds of utensils to fish and cook and uh, do those types of things. And there's even some uh, rudimentary uh, shelter uh, tarp that you can make a tent out of and that sort of thing. Um, but it's an amazing it's an amazing gift for this slave who's had nothing for most of their lives some of these slaves have been in captivity for up to about 30 years uh so you're doing something really really amazing for their lives and the mccullough's um we we liberate a slave each month we believe so strongly in this that we give a monthly gift of 250 dollars to csi um i would i would beg you to consider taking that challenge uh, I, I would I would challenge two or three people tonight to say, you know, what, we, we can do that. Um, but would you at least consider liberating one if you can't do that? Uh, two gifts of 125 or five times 50 or 10 months times $25, whatever it is that when that adds up to 250, you have you will liberate uh, a slave tonight. And we desperately, desperately need to get these 75 women out. These these the, the way the process works is the 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 retrievers is what they're called come up from south sudan and they identify slaves and where they're at and upon very careful uh, inspection they then approach the slave master and begin the negotiations we we are aware of 75 women that could be liberated this year if we just simply make the effort to do so 
um, and I, I'm begging you, please help us tonight. It is very, very important that we get this done. Imagine the Christmas gift. Most of these women are Christians. Imagine the Christmas gift they receive if they get to go home uh, by year's end. Uh, what, what a tremendous, mind-blowing thing, because they will tell you they, they just have lost all hope. Some of these women have been uh, ritually raped. Some of them have um, had their uh, genitals mutilated by their masters uh, because they say in order to be a good Muslim woman, uh, you have to remove uh, any pleasure from sex. Um, usually that's done with very crude instruments, the lid of a tin can or uh, a rusty knife of some sort. It's, they don't have nice uh, utensils. And on top of that, uh, they force them to abandon their Christian identity. So when they go back to the CSI border camp and they start to get their recovery underway, medical and mental counseling and the rest of it, but they also have people that are able to say, now, do you have a Christian name? Do you remember it from your childhood? What is it? Uh, do you do you wish to uh, uh, reclaim that? And it's really inspiring to see how these women respond. Uh, so many of them uh, say, yes, my name was, and I haven't been called that in this number of years. And then the other thing that they say is, please don't stop until we get all of them, because they are aware of other slaves that are still there. So 888-342-1010. Tonight, a two-hour match. We we need you to help us on match night. It's always a big night when we do this. 888 uh, 888-342-1010. 888-342-1010. Or just give a gift online at bringherhome.org. 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 You can give the gift online. Uh, it's very safe, very secure. You won't receive, uh, you know, uh, solicitations and other things. It's just an easy way to make the gift happen. And the faster the gift is received, the faster we can guarantee that those 75 women come home before the end of the year. Please help us. 888-342-1010-888-342-1010-888-342-1010. And coming up, that's that's the good work we're going to do tonight. The other part of tonight's show that you're going to enjoy is discussions about the chosen television series, the most watched television series that very few people have heard of. Uh, But 400 million viewers have watched it. Sounds kind of incredible, I know. But uh, Dallas Jenkins, the director of The Chosen, joins me next. Stay here. Radio Night Live. Here's Kevin McCullough. All right, Kevin McCullough. Glad to have you with us. Uh, there is a uh, there is a move afoot. There's it's it's. You, you may have felt the ground shaking, rumbling underneath <laughs> you. You probably couldn't if you were thinking um, if it was prior to the election. But since we're past all that and we've gotten to the uh, part of the year where now we're we're not going to talk about that anymore. Uh, there's a lot of other great things going on, and one of uh, the the most important ones, at least in the media and entertainment space, is season three of The Chosen. And uh, on this show today, we're, we're tonight, we're going to have uh, several people that are connected to The Chosen Project in various capacities, some of the actors and so, and so forth. But I'm very, very honored to have the director and creator of The Chosen uh, rejoin the Kevin McCullough microphone. He has had other projects that we have discussed in the past. But Dallas Jenkins, welcome back. Good to see you. Yeah, good to see you. Thanks for having me on. 
every time I see you, you look younger, which is just uh, discouraging <laughs> to me personally, but uh, grateful. Well, that's uh, the reason. Yeah, that's the reason why I do so much plastic surgery. I want to discourage other people so I can maintain an advantage. So. That's, that's it. Well, uh, Dallas is father uh, is Jerry Jenkins, who, of course, wrote the Left Behind series. And I think that's the second best selling series in all of literary history behind only the Bible, which is kind of a big deal. And he and I used to share offices on the same floor at Moody Bible Institute 150 years ago. Um, wow. And uh, that's, you know, kind of a little bit of background here. But Dallas, um, it is great to have you. You have certainly extended the Jenkins legacy in terms of continuing with great storytelling. And your dad was a writer, but you've always been a visual uh, guy. You've always uh, dabbled with film, done film, done film very well. And now that you've moved into the um, the crowdfunded um, experience of uh, media and entertainment, I'm curious. I'd, I'd really love to kind of uh, pick your brain on how you think things have changed from the time you came into the business until doing what you're doing this year, releasing season three. Oh, that's a great question. Yeah, um, when I first was in the business you there there were in in both the faith space and the mainstream space there were significant gatekeepers and you had to please them in order to get through to the next gatekeepers which were buyers so you'd have studios or uh, labels or whatever publishers and then they had to like it whatever you wanted to do they had to like you they had to like your your product well then they also then had to get buyers to like it which is the, the the christian bookstore chains or the store chains uh the theater chains whatever it was and so there were multiple layers between the filmmaker and the consumer the the audience and so even when something was successful there was a significant distance between the filmmaker and the audience now two things are happening one is you can get to the audience directly without gatekeepers now of course there's still gatekeepers in a sense and for example you know i don't know if most people know this but like jeff bezos owns the highways on which all streaming takes place so right. anytime you stream something you're you're you have to use those highways anytime that you want to use uh, social media to get people's attention obviously social media is owned by other people but they are significantly more it's significantly more of an open playing field than it used to be the second thing is is that once you can communicate with your audience or with a potential audience to get them to know about your product then you can continue that relationship and oftentimes social media or direct communication via email lists and texts and uh, you know live streams on on social media channels uh, you that deepens the relationship that deepens their passion for the project and so that's been a perfect storm for the chosen because not only were we able to use direct communication on social media to get people interested in the project in the first place and to get them to like it and fund it so i was able to maintain total control of the product which i wasn't able to do in the past but now that it's been out there and i've got multiple seasons i can continue to communicate with that audience without many filters and extend their passion for it and deepen their passion for it yeah talk to me about the total reach that the chosen has had in its first uh, two seasons now beginning its third yeah i would say uh, i mean we a third party uh, came on board a professional company that analyzes all this stuff because we're all over the place we're in multiple platforms uh, a lot of people have seen us on social media Millions of people have seen us in group settings, so it's tough, tough to get the exact number of people who've watched it. 
but a conservative estimate is somewhere around 95 to 100 million people. Um, and the number of views is, is in the, is close to half a, half a billion views. Yeah. That's not viewers, that's views. Um, and that's dramatically increasing with season three coming out, not only because people are watching season three, but new people are coming to season one because of all the attention. Right. So that's a quite significant number in the cool. It's kind of funny. Um, it feels like we're the most famous show no one has heard of. Uh, <laughs> last year, we were the number five most searched uh, project on all of Roku. Like along with Harry Potter and SpongeBob SquarePants and Yellowstone, we were right there at number five. Wow. And a lot of the industry doesn't even know that we exist. The average person on the street doesn't know we exist. Right. Um, so it's 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 a kind of a cool place to be in because we're still able to kind of maintain this subterfuge in a way. Um, but I think that's slowly but surely changing. Well, even if you have 100 million uh, viewers to date, you know, there's 8 billion people on the planet. So there's you've, you've got some you've still got room for growth, I guess, is uh, the way they would put that in marketing class. Yes. Dallas, let, let, let me go. Let me go back to go forwards. Um, talk to me about the genesis of The Chosen and what caused you to have this paying to do this project and not knowing that it would be a success at the time, not knowing yeah. that you would uh, satisfy the crowd funding that you were asking to trust you to do all this with. What wh what was that process? Tell me that story. Yeah, pang is a good word because I think pang applies to not only the indication that something is happening, but also the pain, P-A-I-N, of uh, that, that comes along with it and that is actually what brought this about. It was my biggest career failure. My movie, The Resurrection of Gavin Stone, came out in January, it was a total bomb of January of 2017. And so I went back to um, my roots, which are this place of, of starting from the beginning. Um, the problem uh, had been, though, that I think my motivations and my goals were wrong. Uh, they were in the in a in the, in the direction that wasn't rooted in the desire to be just in God's will. And uh, there's a truth that was communicated to me by someone who felt led by God to tell me, "It's not your job to feed the five thousand; it's only to provide the loaves and fish." Hmm. So I God took that narcissism away from me that had I think plagued me most of my life. The desire for affirmation, the desire to people please, the desire to succeed, the desire to measure, and erased all of that. And my sole goal was to, bet, to provide the best five loaves and two fish to God. And if he deems them worthy of acceptance, uh, the transaction's over. The rest is up to him. So I truly got to that place where I had joy. I didn't know, like you said, what would happen with The Chosen. The idea for The Chosen didn't even really come until I was doing a short film for my church's Christmas Eve service on my friend's farm in Illinois, 20 minutes from my house. Mm. It was about the birth of Christ from the perspective of the shepherds. And I knew the idea was interesting. I knew it had never been done before. I knew the idea of a multi-season show about Jesus where you have the time to develop the characters and the backstory and the biblical context, cultural context, historical context. I knew that that was something I would want to see. I knew that it would could be interesting and it had never been done before, but there was no one lining around the block to, to do this. Uh, very, very long story short, once the idea was crystallized and a streaming company came along and wanted to do it and raise the money through crowdfunding, which I thought was ridiculous. <laughs> but I was when that opportunity came, I was in such a place of surrender and not concerned with the results, not right. thinking whether this would succeed or not. I just knew I needed to do the best job I could to make a show that would honor Jesus in the Gospels. The success or failure really wasn't up to me. I didn't, I didn't, and I didn't, I genuinely didn't care about it. He's Dallas Jenkins. I'm Kevin McCullough. More from The Chosen 
when we come back. Back to Radio Night Live. Here's Kevin McCullough. All right, uh, Kevin McCullough, glad to have you back with us. Uh, we are talking with Dallas Jenkins. That's just part of our coverage of Behind the Scenes with The Chosen tonight. We're also going to speak with Amber Williams, who plays one of the actresses uh, on the uh, on the big screen of the, the in the story. She portrays one of the important actresses, uh, and she's going to be with us in the next hour. And we've got music tonight from The Chosen. Uh, casting Crowns and Phil Wickham, uh, both uh, touching on kind of different elements of The Chosen in their performances tonight. But uh, those are still straight ahead, still to come tonight. Uh, and we are we are asking you to help us uh, rescue women out of slavery. P- please call the number 888-342-1010. Every woman we liberate tonight will be matched dollar for dollar, 888-342-1010. Please call right now, 888-342-1010, 888-342-1010. Now, Dallas... How does season three feel differently than the others? It doesn't feel any different when I'm sitting at a blank computer screen Mm. and I have to come up with season four. Uh, The computer screen doesn't care how successful previous seasons were. And my job remains to please God uh, and to a lesser extent my wife. And uh, after that, I just can't think about those things. I find that to be not only uh, extremely insightful in terms of the success of The Chosen itself, but uh, personally encouraging because I think I went through a very similar kind of moment where I had this picture of who I was supposed to be in talk radio and and kind of, you know, as as media was changing and as the landscape was changing and everything was kind of changing all around me, there, there just came this point where it was like, well, what, what are you personally called to be and do? Right. And since I've just kind of said, okay, that's just what I'm going to be and do, like it's been a different, uh, it's been a different experience since then. So I can identify greatly with what you're saying there. Um, Obviously, with 100 million viewers and 400 million and plus uh, in views uh, in uh, three seasons, there's got to be a temptation to say, um, you know, how can we, uh, you know, make this better? What do we need to do differently? I mean, if you watch any uh, evolution of a television series uh, on TV, season one is always definitively the worst one uh, from a technological writing, uh, everything else kind of perspective. How would you say The Chosen has um, uh, fine-tuned itself uh, through these three seasons? Yeah, great question. Well, clearly we've you know, as our budgets have increased, we're able to do more on a technical level. So I'm not going to pretend that season one has the same uh, amount of toys to work with that we do in, in seasons two and three. And the sets are a little Although bit Although the costs of toys, even when you started this, have, have gotten considerably less expensive from where sure. they were, even when you broke into the business a few years back. Sure. Oh, sure. Yeah. Relatively speaking, that's absolutely true. But our season one budget was probably the catering budget on, on Game <laughs> of Thrones, you know. Um, and even now, even season three, uh, the budget was massively lower uh, than, than most uh, shows. But I will say this. I would resist the notion that season one in our case was, and I don't think most people would say this, worse than other seasons because we've looked at it all along. And this is a really important point. We've looked at this story all along as a seven season story. Season one was the setup. So there will be people who maybe have a more deep emotional relationship with the characters in season three now than they did in season one because they know them better. 
But the season one of The Chosen was intentionally a setup, a gathering. Uh, season two was a refining and a, and a fine tuning. Season three is now this significant breaking down of everybody. I mean, everyone's got questions and they're confused and they're frustrated and they're experiencing pain and wondering why the Messiah isn't fixing it all. So we've, we've all along kind of seen this as a seven season arc. Uh, and I think because of that, we've we've so far avoided some of the typical pitfalls of a show where you can kind of change tone. You know, sometimes new writers come on board, and some you'll be watching a show, and then that's a completely different feels, show. When yeah, it feels different. Next. Why does it yeah. feel different? Well, that that's not really the case in our case. Not because we're better than anybody else. Just because we are following a trajectory that we plotted out from the yeah. beginning. And so it's not like we're just decided, okay, we're going to go quirkier now. No, this is part of the plan. Yeah. Well, uh, I'm grateful, uh, Dallas, that you uh, are following that calling. Um, anytime we can get rid of our own narcissism, much less anybody else's, the world becomes a better place. So uh, keep keep surrendering and staying right there. But thanks for the outstanding contribution to uh, families viewing for the last uh, several years and best wishes on the success of chosen season three and friends uh, if you if you want to see it you know uh, you you can go to any number of places where the chosen is already hosted uh, and be uh, on the lookout for season three as it comes out of course uh, watch.angelstudios.com uh, is kind of the home base for all of it. Well, yeah. When it comes to when it comes to watching season three, it's only it's exclusively in theaters for the first couple of weeks. You know, starting November eighteenth, and then uh, it'll come to the Chosen and Angel apps after that gotcha. uh, through December and January. So season three won't be available on other platforms for for a while. Right, right, right. Sure okay, fair. good correction. And uh, yeah. and yes, get into the theater and see it. Uh, see the first couple of episodes there. Dallas Jenkins, congratulations on all. Thanks so much. Great to be with you. You got it, Kevin McCullough. Coming right back. Don't go away. Everybody loves my baby, but my baby don't love nobody but me. No one but me. And now back to Radio Night Live. Once again, Kevin McCullough. All right, Kevin McCullough, thank you for being here. And uh, thank you for those of you that have been faithfully giving to CSI to help see uh, these women and some of their children uh, be returned home uh, to South Sudan, uh, liberated out of slavery because of your generosity. 888-342-1010. 888-342-1010 is the number or bringherhome.org. If, if you're an online person and you like to do your, your giving and shopping and everything else online, bringherhome.org. Please go and check it out. All right. Uh, Rob Davis is back with me from Christian Solidarity International. And Rob, one of the things that always stands out to me is the urgency with which uh, we need to take action, and that's heightened right now because, and we can't give details because we want to, we don't want to mess up the security or safety of those that are involved in the operation. But there's an opportunity for the remaining people on our list to be liberated, and this time maybe well before the holiday season if we can take care of it right now. Yeah, we have a liberation coming up, uh, which could potentially be in the next few days, certainly uh, at the very least the next couple of weeks. Um, we probably won't know about it till it's over, which is the, right. the, the safe no, they, way to do it. They never tell us that. Uh, I just caught word that uh, that one is imminent. Uh, what that means, we don't exactly know, but we know it's very soon. So um, I know you've you've had a challenge this year to free uh, free what was that 100 and 192. Thank you very much. And I know we've got about 77 left. Yeah. Uh, and if your listeners respond tonight, 
uh, we can allocate those resources and uh, and get her done, if yeah. you will. So, uh, uh, 888-342-1010 is the number. Don't delay, friends. You've heard me talking about this for probably most of the year. Uh, a bunch of you always decide you want to participate in the uh, final portion of the year here, kind of as a Christmas present to these slaves that we're liberating. Why not just do that now? Just act on it now and be part of this liberation that's just around the corner. 888-342-1010 or bringherhome.org. Now, Rob, can these... I, oh, go ahead. I, I say, can, I, can I just take a minute to... I, Kevin, I want to acknowledge, you know, this has been a hard year, a uh, hard couple of years, but this year has been a particularly hard year for everyone. Yeah. You know, the economy, unemployment, gas prices, grocery prices, uh, inflation. Um, so I want to I want to just take the time to say thank you to everyone who has given. And uh, and for those of you who can give whatever you can, uh, we realize it's a sacrifice. We don't take it for granted. Uh, many of you hear from me personally uh, when we have these opportunities and you give. Uh, so I just I just want to say thank you. Well, that's well said, Rob, and we are grateful for everyone's uh, generosity that have given, and uh, we, you know, it speaks loudly that already 120 or so uh, slaves have been liber liberated by those listening right here, uh, paying attention right now to what we're doing. Uh, but as as we pointed out, there's 77 more, and we can't rest until every single one of them uh, are back. And to that end, um, one of the most powerful things that I think uh, always kind of cuts me to the quick is when you tell us stories of what the lives of the slaves were really like uh, in captivity, and I know you've got another one. I do, but you know, let me let me try something just a tad different. Same, I'm, I'm going to do what you asked me to do, but let me show. I've, I've done this before, but look look at this woman here, and look at first of all, what a beautiful young lady. Look at that smile from ear to ear. I mean, would you it have? It'd be hard idea? to believe that she had had a really hard life just looking at that picture. She has been enslaved for probably about 25 years. Wow. Right? And, she barely look, looks 25 years old. Right? The joy on her face. She's 30 years old. The joy on her face and the trauma that she's been through. Let me tell you a little bit about Alouette Chan Chan. Alouette is 30 years old, as I said. She was uh, out with her father and mother. Uh, they were doing some farming and fishing on their property when Arabs came from the north and attacked their village. Uh, they were shooting people with guns. She says, my mother held me on her back and ran, and my father was separated from us. Such, mm -hmm. a, such a common situation in these, in these instances. Uh, the Arabs captured my mother and me. My mother was raped by many Arabs. Mm -hmm. My elder brother was killed by Arabs as he was trying to resist. They shot him dead. I was taken away from my mother and put on a horse. My mother walked on foot. I heard many women and girls screaming at night because they were being raped, including my mother. Mm -hmm. Two men were accused of being supporters of the Sudan People's Liberation Army. They were slaughtered by the Arabs. She was on to say that she was enslaved. She was doing cleaning. She was doing cooking. She was preparing sorghum. Uh, she finally was reunited with her mother. Uh, they were given separate cups for drinking because they're considered really less than animals, if you will, by mm -hmm. their masters. As I grew up, my Arab master's son repeatedly raped me. I have two children with him. Mm. He moved away to another village. I left my mother with the Arab master. I did not know anything more about her. My children were not allowed to stay with me and I cannot speak to them. I escaped when she met the Arab retriever and she was brought out of slavery. She's happy to be back in South Sudan. She says, I'm still crying for my children. 
I that I left in Sudan with my Arab master. Please pray to God to help me bring them to me one day. But you and, saw her face. And yet, despite that, she has this smile. Um, and that is just truly, truly uh, remarkable. Friends, someone listening gave a gift that made that happen. Mm -hmm. Someone, someone listening heard a story similar to Alouette's and said, I want to be a part of it and responded first in their heart and said, I need to do something. And then they took the, the actual steps of calling the number or going online and giving the gift. Here's the number 888-342-1010. There are 30,000 more Alouette's that need to be liberated. Um, there have been 150,000 liberated already, but there are there are still at least 30,000 more that need to be. And your generosity right now creates that opportunity for one of them. One one will be liberated for your gift of $250. It's, it's a one-to-one -one return. Um, I would challenge you, if you are capable to, to consider doing a, a slave per month. The, the McCullough family does a 12 by 12 challenge where we do 12 slave liberations a year. Uh, one per month, um, and that just comes out of our out of our bank account, and we we just bless it in God's name. We just say go and and make it happen, uh, friends. You could do the same, and you could be an enormous hero to many of these women that have lost all hope. They don't see any reprieve coming for them, and yet there it can happen, and it will happen. Eight 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 three four two ten ten is the number. Eight 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 three four two ten ten. You can give online at bringherhome.org. That's bringherhome.org. But we need you to go right now. Uh, Kevin McCullough coming right back. Don't go away. Once again, from New York, here's Radio Night Live and Kevin McCullough. Ladies and gentlemen, the message of The Chosen is very simple. It is the story of a love that chooses you before you can choose it. Here is Casting Crowns on Radio Night Live. This is the story of a runaway with no way home and no I threw the best of me away I had my chance, it's too late now Too far gone and too ashamed To think that you'd still know my name But love refused to let my story in that way You didn't wait for me To find my way Chase this rebel down 
of Casting Crowns on Radio Night Live, the new music spotlight, The Chosen Season 3 debuts this coming uh, November 18th in theaters. Go see it. Hour 2 is up next. <laughs> 